Welcome back to Loki's Librarian. If you are new here, welcome. I am your librarian, Katrina, and this is where I am reading through the enormous library books that you see behind me, partially because my camera angle shifted because the dogs and cats. But uh, anyways, then I give you a quick synopsis of what I read and tell you what I think about them. So if you like books, just aren't sure what to read next, hit that subscribe button, like and share my videos, let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, this month I have themed reading for myself of social justice. So appropriately enough, the first book of May is Woke, A Guide to Social Justice by Titania McGrath, aka uh, Andrew Doyle. And in honor of Titania's ecosexuality, the... <laughs> The ecosexuality, I'll put the meaning up here, left, right, whatever. The accompanying cocktail is called Petals and Pride, which is one ounce of rum, one ounce of Lilith Blanc, one ounce of triple sec, one ounce of lemon, a blackberry, and edible flowers to garnish. So let's do this. Let's start with the blackberry because that's got to be muddled. So first off, for those of you who don't know, Titania McGrath is... Uh, actually a satirical Twitter account operated by British satirist Andrew Doyle. Now, however satirical the account is, I chose this one to kick off the month of social justice reading because Doyle so perfectly encapsulates the absurdity of the social justice movement, using quotes from actual social justice warrior Twitter accounts to highlight McGrath's points. Muddle the Blackberry. Blackberry, muddled. Everything is one ounce. That makes it very easy. McGrath is the epitome of the social justice warrior. She was born the only child of two barristers in England, which with a posh home in Kensington and vacations with British royalty. She resents her very wealthy parents for having breastfed her, despite having been a vegan at six months old, and how could her parents not know that she was a vegan when she was six months old? She was genderqueer before it was trendy. Uh, excuse me. Before they knew how to diagnose this condition, she was already genderqueer. I'm sure you can all see where this is going. I went with white rum just because that was the first bottle of rum I laid hands on. So white rum it is. It doesn't actually specify. You could probably use whatever rum you have on hand. Probably coconut rum would have been really appropriate because no, you know, ecosexuality, but I'm not sure how coconut goes with blackberry. So anyways, of course, all men are awful because of course they are. Uh, heterosexual sex is a woman agreeing to be raped by the patriarchy, although if a woman becomes a trans woman or becomes a trans man, then there is nothing more satisfying than the breast milk of a loving father. A lot of, there's a lot of whipsawing back and forth with this one. She calls Ben Shapiro's famous quote, facts don't care about your feelings uh, to task. She calls this to task, inverting it and claiming that feelings don't care about your facts. So take that, Ben Shapiro. Uh, that's how social justice works, incidentally. If you feel something to be true, then it 100% is true. Despite any and all evidence to the contrary, feelings are everything in the social justice movement. Hmm. Maybe I should have gone with regular rum. The cocktail has a, has a distinctly pink color to it, and there's nothing pink about this so far. Everything is really light colored. Maybe the blackberry gives it the pink. I should have probably cheaped out and gone with just lemon juice, but whatever do fresh lemons. So she says out loud what the average social justice warrior denies out loud. That the social justice warrior movement, the woke activists, don't actually believe in science. Because according to McGrath, things like um, biology, <coughs> biology, medicine, endocrinology, those are all pseudoscientific, meaning fake science. Uh, 
Now, this book was written and released in 2019, and I know the social justice warriors screamed loud about how they obviously believe in and trust science more than anyone who declined a vaccine because the vaccines were all, you know, science as dictated by one Anthony Fauci, who is, was the darling of the left for about, I don't know, 36 months, and they have all turned on him quite recently, which is wickedly funny to anybody who pays attention. I guess I only need one lemon. Yeah, one lemon works. Oh my God, all the animals want to be with me today. No, if I let him in, the cat in my lap is going to have a panic attack because she doesn't like that cat. Oh, ice. Allow me to shake this so I can get to my drinking part. I feel that given how strongly they deny the basic tenets of, you know, cat, you can't be up there. You'd be on my lap or you'd be outside and I can't throw you out right now because the mean cat's out there. Now, where was I? Oh, shit. I feel like given that the woke movement doesn't actually believe in the basic tenets of biology, like basic, you know, the fact that humanity is a sexually reproducing dimorphic species, really hard for them to suddenly make the claim that they do believe in science. I think they believe in propaganda. I think they enjoyed the political clout they got from having their president pushing the vaccines that they loved. Oh, yep, it was definitely the blackberry that gave it the pink. I was supposed to double strain it. I don't have a double strainer. And um, what I do have is lavender petals, which are edible. I'm just gonna sprinkle lavender petals on top. It makes a very pretty cocktail. Very pretty cocktail. Those are blackberry bits floating in it. Anyways, so McGrath unironically says things like, quote, if it is true that men are superior at sports, why is it that transgender athletes tend to win more medals after they transition to female? Like that's a real gotcha moment there. It's a little bit on the sour side. That, whew, I'm not sure what to make of that. That's, that's an odd one. <clears throat> she also condemns Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. saying that he was a self-hating racist because he knew nothing about intersectionality. And how dare he suggest that we judge people based on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Again, this she's saying out loud, well, okay, you know, actually I, think the woke movement has said that about Martin Luther King Jr., which is really despicable because he was a great man. Um, I mean, she claims that Twitter is a cesspit of the far right and McGrath champions the open racism of the left because only white people can be racist. Well, except, of course, for Titania herself, who has, quote, always felt a profound connection with people of color, perhaps because when I was growing up, most of our staff were Filipinos, end quote. This, again, incidentally, is very reminiscent of the woke movement. They tend to be very upper class. They think they're not, but they really are. She uses the terms persons of color or POC because, quote, it is a convenient way to group all non-whites together without having to go through the trouble of identifying their differences. Needless to say, this is particularly helpful when it comes to Oriental countries like Japan, China, and Siam, whose citizens are pretty much indistinguishable, end quote. Now, if all of this sounds completely horrible to you, you are not wrong. But all of this is part of the zeitgeist of the woke left, who have completely turned their backs on the philosophies of freedom as embodied by Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, and basically everybody who fought for freedom in this country in the 18th and 19th centuries. Because, of course, they're all white men, or as the news reported, the black face of white supremacy. Because, as McGrath says, 
quote, it is not racist to hate someone on the basis of their skin color if that person is white, end quote. That is very tart. Wawa. Again, she's saying out loud what the intersectionalist woke crowd has been tiptoeing around and trying to deny they mean when they speak these words quite plainly. And of course, quote, in order to sustain the dignity of persons of colors, we should not hold them to the same standards as whites. So we should lower the bar as a nation and make everybody... This is so Harrison Bergerod. It, it, it's so that. It, 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 that's a short story by Vonnegut. I think it was by Kurt Vonnegut. Wherein they had to make everybody equal. So if you were outstandingly attractive, they would put make you wear a bag over your head. If you ran faster than everybody, they would tie... They, they would attach like a ball and chain to your ankles to slow you down so that you couldn't move faster than anybody else. It's so creepy. And this is this is what they're working towards. She thinks 1984 was a fine idea. Like, like they were really onto something with 1984. Her reading comprehension skills are pretty low. Uh, lived experience is more important than truth, unless that lived experience goes against the narrative. Uh, like Young May Park, who I don't believe is specifically mentioned in this book. She may have been, but most likely is a right-wing shill who doesn't know how good she had it under the auspices of the Kim family in North Korea. I'm betting that that would be McGrath's take on it. Park's lived experiences do not matter to the intersectional feminist that is Titania McGrath. Brexit is the fault of those stupid working class people who failed to do what they were told in opting to stay into the EU. Yeah, she, she despised Brexit and everything about it. McGrath loathes the self-hating women like Christina Hoff Summers, Camille Paglia, and Ellen, Ella Whelan, quoting their absolutely nauseating belief that women are not children. We are not fragile little birds who can't cope with jokes, works of art, or controversial speakers. Trigger warnings and safe spaces are an infantilizing setback for feminism and for women. End quote. That's Christina Hoff Summers. Or Ella Whelan, perpetually portraying women as weak and vulnerable at every turn, contemporary feminism undermines women's autonomy. And those are completely horrifying points for either of those ladies to have made. They are self-hating feminists. Uh, Camille Paglia's statement, the problem with too much current feminism, in my opinion, is that even when it strikes progressive poses, it emanates from an entitled upper-middle-class point of view. Like Takania McGrath's. It demands the intrusion and protection of paternalistic authority figures to project a hypothetical utopia that will be magically free from offense and hurt. I mean, how dare she call out fourth-wave feminists like that? So, yeah, basically, actual feminists are, of course, despised by the woke. McGrath knows Kate Middleton personally, but understands what financial hardships are like as she is still making payments on her second wine fridge, which is, again, very accurate to the social justice movement. She applauds Catherine Nolan, the creator of the pussy hat knitting pattern that graced feminist heads everywhere during the dark Trump years, for removing her pattern from the public domain due to how exclusionary it was towards trans women and then immediately denounces Nolan for having not realized how exclusionary this hat would be, and for her replacement pattern, which includes the yellow rose. After all, the yellow rose might be triggering to anyone who has been raped by a florist. You cannot make this shit up. I mean, well, I mean, I guess technically you can make this shit up, because, you know, it's satire, but <clears throat> it's brilliantly satirical. So much so that when it was published, the woke left were wholly unamused by the amount of fun being poked at them. 
Uh, Andrew Doyle gave a speech on satire in the digital age, and I'll link it in the description below, uh, where he says at one point, quote, those in power do not like to be mocked, and to put it simply, the woke are the establishment, end quote. And he points out that if Titania is a straw man, then why is it that whenever he tweets as Titania, a number of people take it seriously? If there were no real-life Titanias out there, why would anyone ever take her seriously? Everybody has encountered someone who has this bizarre level of belief that only white people are racist. You can't be racist towards white people. I've heard that multiple times. No, you can't be racist towards white people. They're the dominant power. Well, not in China, they're not. Go to China. Go to Africa. They're not dominant there, trust me. Well, those are valid questions, right? Why would anybody take her seriously? I once watched a lecture series through, I believe it was, great courses about ancient Celtic civilization, and I found it profoundly fascinating that satirists were exempt from retribution by those they satirized. 21st century comedians are holding the line of satire for those of us who are too scared to poke our heads above ground. Doyle has created an absolutely wonderful satirical character in Titania McGrath, whose blustering bloviations are recognizable as the absurd endpoint of wokeist ideology. Which is why I picked this book as my intro to Social Justice Month, because however much she expounds on the evils of the white cis hetero man, man um, I know Titania is a satire account, but I also know that she is deadly serious. Uh, they don't want you to know it, at least not yet, but this is exactly how the woke left see the world. So even though it's satire, it so nominally could be considered fiction because it very much touches on real-world points I read this book for the month. Now, if you want a fly-on-the-wall perspective of what exactly the woke social justice warrior is thinking, Woke, A Guide to Social Justice by Titania McGrath is a palatable version that will make you laugh out loud at the absurdities that are being produced by the over-educated people. Um, excuse me, by the overeducated pomposity of 21st century college campuses. And man, they are this pompous. I have met some of these kids and they are ridiculously full of themselves. I'm just so sure that they have all of life's answers. Now, I don't want to necessarily decry the younger generations because I remember being that age and being sure that I also knew all of the answers. But I grew out of that. And I eventually came to know that, no, I know very little about how the world actually works, which is why I set out to educate myself. Very few of those who are in college now will bother to ever look outside what they're being taught because they're not being taught to think on colleges at college. They're being taught what to think at colleges. And there is a world of difference between those two statements. Oh, Lordy. One thing I really loved, if you read the reviews on the back of the book, it includes one from the Times which says, hilarious. If the woke read this book, they will not find it amusing since, do since dogmatism kills all sense of humor. Followed immediately by a blurb from the infamous lefty rag, New Statesman, which calls it tired and unfunny, which exactly proves the time's point. That's it for this week. If you liked what you saw, don't forget to hit subscribe and I will see you guys next week.